Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello there and welcome to another Eurogamer newscast. We're talking about PlayStation Plus Premium and whether we're going to subscribe to it this week. My name is Tom Phillips and joining me as ever are Eurogamer's trusty news reporting team, Ed Nightingale. Hello. Victoria Kennedy. Hello. And Ishraq Subban. Hello. And this week we got news, well, we got more news about PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium, the two new tiers for PlayStation Plus that are releasing as soon as next week in some parts of the world. They're coming to the UK next month in June. And we got sort of a bit more of the puzzle as to what we're going to see in terms of the game catalogs. There are several game catalogs coming. And depending on the tier that you pay for, um, you'll get more games uh, with the retro ones reserved for the higher premium tier and more recent PlayStation 4 and 5 games for the uh, PlayStation Plus extra tier. Uh, I would say that response to the list has been a little mixed. Um, We were expecting like a full list probably with the service just a week away in some parts of the world. And we got a partial list. And there are some big names there um, but and some surprises. But as we expected, you know, there's no brand new games. There's no for, for, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, Ed, what was your uh, reaction when you saw this list of, new, uh, list of games come out earlier this week? Uh, was, there, was there any there that you were expecting, excited for? Any surprises? Um, what were your thoughts? I am whelmed by this. (laughs) Um, I'm not necessarily underwhelmed. I feel like, for me, I look at this list and think, there's nothing new for me. And I appreciate that I'm in a privileged position of reporting on this. And a lot of the, you know, the newer PlayStation 5 games, I've I've played them and I'm, I'm done. So I feel like I don't need this. But the more I see of this, the more I feel like I am not the target audience for this. I feel like for someone who has maybe struggled to get a PS5 for the last year and a half and finally gets one in the next couple of months, they can subscribe to this and basically get access to the top PS5 games, bar a couple, that have come out over the last year. The fact you've got Demon Souls on there, you've got Miles Morales on there, they were the two biggest PS5 launch games. Um, you've got Returnal on there, which is probably the biggest post-launch period, uh, at least for, for a few months from last year. Um, you know, it gives you access immediately to some great games. Um, I personally feel a bit whelmed because I've already played them. Um, but I think for newcomers, it's actually a great deal. And I feel like that more than ever is Sony's target with this is for people to basically get a console and get straight in with a great catalogue of games. Um, If you're a fan that you've already been buying games day one or you've been playing games for years and, you know, the back catalogue, you've played those, you've owned every console, 
this probably isn't that worthwhile. But I think for newcomers to PlayStation consoles as a whole, I think this is actually a really good deal. But it's just that's maybe a smaller niche than people expect. Victoria, if you were buying a PlayStation 5 now, and and I think as Ed says, this is a good deal for people who are just Mm. getting into the console now and who haven't been buying these games for 60, 70 quid ever since it launched. Um, Would you buy Horizon Forbidden West? Uh, It's still £60-ish, give or take, although you can get it for PS4 and get the free upgrade. Um, Or would you hold off and think, you know, down the line, these blockbusters are coming to the subscription service at some point because Sony has not set a time limit on exactly when its big new blockbuster games will come to this service, has it? I think for me personally, I think Ed summed it up pretty beautifully, to be honest. I I would maybe say personally I'm underwhelmed. Um, But again, for the reasons that Ed has said, I don't think I would rush out to buy Horizon Forbidden West now because I still would hold out hope that it might come to this service in the future. But again, I mean, as you said, Sony have been quite vague on when their release windows are. And as we've seen there, so we we initially got told about Returnal and we were like, well, that's maybe like a kind of year window. But then there's things like Ghost of Tsushima on there. There isn't Ratchet and Clank, which I think is an odd miss, um, as in the Rift Apart um, PS5 game. So For me, I wouldn't be rushing out to buy new games because I can't quite work out from what we've been given what the release window is yet. So there is a chance that it might be coming sooner, but I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, hazard a guess that Ratchet will join in a couple of months. Because I I reckon a year might be around the time, and Ratchet was June last year. So I would hazard a guess that in a couple of months they'll be like, hey, here's the next big release, it's Ratchet. And then, I don't know, Horizon's next January. See, maybe then I'd be more implied, uh, more inclined sorry, to buy Horizon if I then saw that Ratchet had come out and I'd be like, okay, well, now we have a slightly more firm idea of a time frame. Um, and then if I was, you know, waiting for Horizon, but I was like, okay, well, it's obviously not going to come out until January, February next year, then yes, I would maybe do that. Ishrak, did you see the story from Jim Ryan this week uh, where he was talking about what, his thoughts were basically on um, if uh, actually this is from PlayStation exec Hiroki Totoki actually, actually not Jim Ryan Jim Ryan's been saying some other stuff this week but we won't go into that um, <laughs> yeah, this, yes. these are the comments on putting AAA games in the PlayStation subscription and uh, Sony basically taking the stance that if they were to put their big new AAA games in the subscription, they would have to reduce the budget, shrink the investment is what they uh, said, and actually deteriorate the quality of big AAA releases. Did you see that? I would be interested to hear your thoughts because obviously this is a different strategy with PlayStation to Xbox. Yeah, I think I think, I think they're full of crap, <laughs> to be blunt. Um, it, I mean, Microsoft's shown that it's just simply not true. I do think it's because, yeah, they don't want to carve into their sales, which is understandable. I think their justification, their justification is nonsense. Um, I think I think that you'd supplant that in- income just with the number of subscriptions you'd make just for people subscribing to PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium just to get those new releases. So I think it's wrong. I think I think Sony is being a bit more conservative and safe com- compared to Microsoft in that they're, they're, di- they're dipping their toes 
with slightly older titles and see if there's any um as much traction to it and if there is maybe they'll get into it in the future uh whereas microsoft just went full front on with we've got brand new games don't have to buy them so it, it's an interesting move as long as they're not yeah. delayed <laughs> Exactly. We'll we'll get into that. (laughs) I think my issue with it all um, is just the questions that they're not answering right now. So I would like more detail on when new games will join the service. Is it a year? So that people are never in a situation where they are buying a game and then a couple of weeks later, that £70 game is announced as coming to the subscription. If there were clarity... like on just say you know it will be a 12 month window and then people can budget accordingly buy games accordingly um and, and do that it's it's a decent catalog and uh something that was a nice surprise this week is that ubisoft classics plus is going to be part of it which is sort of a cut down version of ubisoft plus where all new games from ubisoft go into the uh to their subscription which is for pc and there's some older assassins games in there and uh watchdogs things like that that's that's nice um there's something there's a line there that says that they want to bring ubisoft plus to playstation in the future but i'm not sure if that's going to be part of playstation plus more likely i think it's going to be um a separate subscription and this is just sort of a bit of a taster for it there's just there's not clarity on that the the list of games that we've got is um incomplete there are, I think we got up to like three or four different asterisks in the blog post yeah. for all of the different <laughs> like quantifiers and qualifiers. You know, some games may not be available in every plat- in every territory. Some will be available for streaming. Some others won't. You know, like how long are these going to stay on the service? That sort of thing. We just we don't yeah. know. I think Ishrak, uh, yeah, you said they're sort of dipping their toes in. It does feel like they're testing the water more than fully committing to this at the moment. Like like as a whole. I also think in terms of why they're not given like a release window of when a game will come to the service, they want that flexibility. If perhaps a game does flop, they can put it on the service sooner compared to a game that's selling, you know, millions of copies. Um, or if it's a free to play so PlayStation that... release. I mean, this is, we've talked in the past about PlayStation's plans to launch 10 new live service games over the next however many years. They have big ambitions in that regard. And Surely those will go into PlayStation Plus on day one. The other thing is, I was wondering, because currently, with the, with the current PlayStation Plus service, you get some decent games every month, or so, like every few months, you know, fairly recent games. Whereas now that they do have the extra premium service, does that mean that the, the new Essentials package is just diluted with slightly less value games? Uh, which is very possible. Yeah, um, to be fair to Xbox, um, we've seen that there. You know, the games that they are now putting out in Games of Gold every month are games that you would never pay or play for (laughs) because the good stuff goes into (laughs) Game Pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Has it done enough? Um, Ed, you uh, have PlayStation Plus subscription, but if you were paying... Um, when it launches for premium, would you take that option? Would you pick extra, looking at the game catalogue as it is now, the bit that we know so far, um, vague promises I, of what's coming? I, I probably would because I'm a fanboy. Um, so I probably would just pay for it and, and go with it. Even um, though you're whelmed. But um, I am whelmed. 
Um, but I probably, I would still, I, I still want access to these games. I'm sure there's something in there that I would want at some point. You know, I'll, and I guess it's an investment on the future as well. You know, that this is presumably going to be going on for quite some time. We know that there are going to be more games coming. So it's an investment into, okay, well, what's coming next? Victoria, how about you? Were there any games in the list that you've been wanting to play mm. that caught your eye and made you think, actually, maybe not, a subscription is worth it? Not not for me, no. I mean, like I said at the start, I, I am underwhelmed by it all. And I, I had a look back even like at the retro games and I was like, I just, like, I've, the ones I've played, I've played and I'm not really quite interested in revisiting. The ones that I haven't played, I've not played them for a reason. Like, there's nothing in there that I feel like I've missed out on and it's going to be a golden opportunity to make amends on that, you know, missing part of my gaming history. Um, I mean, the, the fact they had Worms Armageddon from the PS1, I kind of thought that would be quite cool because I remember playing it with my brothers, but then that's a memory from playing with my brothers. I don't think I would buy it now to try and relive that experience. There's a few older games um, that I would definitely recommend. Things like Enslaved, obviously, to the West is brilliant um worms yeah there's there's a question mark over how well the ps3 games via streaming will work um that's something that people have brought up in the past <laughs> it's right. based on my experience of playstation now not very good <laughs> um they'll have to put some serious investment into their streaming service which hopefully they will with the new premium packages i, I kind of doubt it because I just, they just don't have that infrastructure that microsoft does with um, xCloud with, um, with their cloud streaming service so I, I still think it's going to be really really it is a shame that the PS3 games are limited to streaming it's kind of just a sad reality of the architecture of the PS3 it means you just can't emulate it with current technology so it's what we have to deal with hmm. to be honest I think it's the PS1 games that I'm most interested in just because that's the console that I played the least and I know that there are obvious games now that I'm sure will be added like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, 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 um, that have had remasters and have better versions of them. So it's like, well, is it really worth it? But out of the PlayStation consoles, that's the one that I didn't own. So that's the one that I'd be like, okay, I'm intrigued to, to play those. And I feel like they've announced the least number of them. Um, it seems to me like they're really pushing PS5, PS4 more than the classics. But maybe that's just my perception of the marketing so far. Well, we just don't have those full lists because they've said in the past mm. that each of the lists, the PS4 and 5 games for extra and then the classic ones you get on top of the extra games um, for the premium to run to hundreds of games and they haven't detailed hundreds of games yet. So we're just going to have to see. We're going to have to see which ones come out when it launches in Asia next week and then when it comes to North America and the UK after that, it's, it's very difficult to know the full picture. Um, it, it would be great to sort of compare all three services, Game Pass, Nintendo Switch Online and PlayStation Plus. But here we are sort of five days before PlayStation Plus Premium rolls out and we, we don't have that full picture yet. So, I think that's what's frustrating me the most is what they've not told us more than what they have told us. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a bit in the dark. And we won't know until it's live. Yeah. yeah, which for something that, you know, if, if you have an ongoing PlayStation subscription, uh, you, you are asked to sort of convert it. Uh, you, you have the option to, you know, it's difficult to do that ahead of time. And then there's been all the stuff 
up until now with people not being able to extend ongoing PlayStation subscriptions, which is not a yeah. great sign. I mean, on the one hand, that stops people no. stacking it. They don't want people getting a uh, premium for the price of uh, a regular subscription at the moment if you have a now sub. But it also, you know, is that, do they expect people to not be satisfied with the service when it launches? Or, it does feel like a lack of just, confidence. Just be transparent about it. And then people don't have a, a recourse to be like, well, you know, I expected all these brand new games and all you've given me is knack. You know, I just... <laughs> hey, Knack's great. Okay. Interestingly, Knack is in this list, but Knack 2 isn't. Where's Knack 2? <laughs> they don't have a license for it. <laughs> it's bizarre. Is it, is it coming? Is it part of the full list when it when the service launches? Is is Knack 2 only going to be like that big regions? day reveal? I'm going to be so disappointed. And you're also getting Knack 2. There's also things like there's Resistance 3, but not 1 and 2. Yeah, it's or a like really Lost Planet random 2, but not 1. list. Like, it seems quite erratic. I'm not sure how they went about picking and choosing what is included and what isn't. Do you think they just kind of, like, you know, put their hand in the bowl? <laughs> I'll do. There's, I mean, there are instances where there's sort of rights issues and things which will affect them being released, but... When you're looking at PlayStation's yeah. own first-party catalog, I don't know. Maybe they're doing the Nintendo thing where, uh, you know, Nintendo does not have its entire back catalog of uh, N64 games on Nintendo Switch Online ex- uh, expansion pass, expansion pack, whatever it's called, and uh, they're, they're you know teasing it out week by week because if you just subscribe day one, played Majora's Mask, thought yeah that was fun for a couple of hours. Oh well, that's probably it. That's probably all I wanted to play. You just unsubscribe. Whereas by teasing it out week by week, it's like, oh, when's Paper Mario coming? You know, when's something else coming down the line? Maybe they're doing that. Well, also if there aren't if there aren't that many new games for the rest of this year, at least then now they've got something to market by by stretching it out and saying, oh, there's going to be a new game every month, and it's not a new game; it's an old game. But you know, there's something for them to push, like a Nintendo do every you. month with their N64 games. Well, that leads us very neatly on to the lack of some other games. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Uh, specifically... Well, before we move on... Oh, sorry, Victoria. Can I, can I just ask, Tom, what are you doing? Because you've not said if you oh, are keen true. or not. Uh, I yeah. would love to have a PlayStation 5, but I can't afford one uh, at the moment. And also there's the issue of finding one in stock. So I, I bought my Xbox and uh, I have Game Pass on that and... As, as someone who has one console, I, I think which probably applies to a lot of people, I don't feel the need, the urgent need to have two. Um, so I, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'd agree so with So the catalogue hasn't made you want to sort of switch to a PlayStation? To be fair, I had a PS3 and a PS4, and I've played a bunch of those, you know, classic games, you know, Last of Us and, um, uh, and stuff like that along the way. So I don't feel there's a lot for me to catch up on per se I, I would love to play the new horizon but it's not part of the expansion um the premium subscription so yeah for budget reasons i'm a one person one console person yeah i think most people are in the same boat anyway uh speaking of the other console xbox uh so obviously 
the last week has had the news of the Starfield and Redfall delays from Bethesda, which are basically Microsoft first-party games, and that has left Xbox looking like in a in a particularly weak position, I would say, for the rest of this year. Because when you're looking at their upcoming first-party slate, there's sort of question marks around when Hellblade Two will arrive. Um, we expect that this year, but it, it, we don't know for sure. It may not be. Forza maybe, but again, Microsoft really hasn't said anything. So these big games, and specifically Starfield, what was Microsoft's big hope for the end of the year, and uh, why I imagine a lot of people would have kept that Xbox Game Pass subscription going. And you know, I'll re up for twelve months. You know, in March, April this year, I'll get six months of Starfield out of that. Brilliant. And now we found out that actually we're not. And of course, delays are um, good for developers, good for games. There's no doubting that. But when it comes to being transparent around um, subscriptions and those games being those subscriptions, it is an issue. Um, I was looking forward to Starfield and it not being this year is a shame. Uh, I think for Microsoft, they're really going to struggle now to come up with something else to fill that gap. And uh, as much as... You know, Game Pass is about a lot of games in the subscription. Microsoft does look to games like Starfield to keep bumping up those subscriber numbers. You know, they basically go down and then they go up and then when a big game comes out and then, they, you know, the goal is that it ever gets higher and higher and those big releases cancel out the small dips that come along. So it's always rising. I don't know how they're going to do that necessarily, but it leaves us in an interesting place where PlayStation by its own omission and Xbox by warrant of this delay, basically have no new AAA games coming into their subscription services this year. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a funny one, and they've put quite a lot of pressure on their Bethesda showcase coming up. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll still show Starfield, but the fact sure. that it's not out For sure. this year is going to take a real shine off of it. Hmm. I'm not surprised by the delay, though. I mean, we've only seen key uh, concept art um, so far. Whenever they've been doing like their, you know, like you know, meet the composers, like the sort of like back behind the scenes videos, there's never been any gameplay included in any of that. So I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I, you know, I'm in the industry, but I, I don't think anyone was expecting Starfield to release this year. I think. Personally, I think it was a very optimistic release. Yeah, take. so hopefully, people who may have been stacking their subscription in the hope that they will get, you know, six months of Starfield, they might have kind of mentally prepared themselves for not getting that, maybe. I mean, there's no doubt that it was a very difficult decision for Microsoft. And I think that proves the importance of the game for them that they realize this is their big, their big temple release. They can't afford to screw it up. I feel yeah. like it was potentially more Microsoft's decision just because Bethesda are known for releasing pretty buggy games and people will apparently find that funny and are happy to play that. And I think Microsoft are thinking, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is a big release for us. We need this to be good. And I think that they're probably pushing to delay it to make sure that it, it really does hit the mark. Um, it's just, it, it leaves them with nothing else because they've just taken too long to, to develop any other games. I think mm -hmm. people will look at Starfield as really the um, the proof of whether that purchase was worth it, whether all of those billions of dollars were worth it in buying Bethesda. Yeah. 
Um, also, it's the launch of a new franchise, and you know this is where potentially decades worth of revenue will either take off or stumble and fall over. And we saw that with Cyberpunk, which was supposed to be you know the next big thing from CD Projekt, and now oh whoops, sorry, let's go back and make another Witcher game. We're we're hiring. Mm. I, I think for me, I'm surprised Microsoft didn't have a backup plan. Essentially, effect, because, I mean, Bethesda was making Starfield before Microsoft even, even acquired Bethesda, right? So I'm surprised that none of the other Microsoft studios had anything planned for this year, if I'm being honest. So to be completely reliant on Bethesda's releases as their big blockbuster games for this year, just, I don't know, it, it, it just seems very surprising to me, given that no one at Microsoft's internal side while I works. think that yeah, showing a lot of eggs in one basket. Sorry, Victoria. Oh, I was saying they, they do seem to put all their eggs into that one basket. I think they have been very ambitious announcing games too early. Things like Fable, Everwild, Avowed, things that we've just not really seen again since they were first revealed. Redfall, actually, you know, announced summer 2021. Not heard anything about it since. Um I think that there also has been an element of delay due to the pandemic and working from home and, and all of that. So I wonder what the back half of 2021 was intended to look like. I remember 12 months ago, actually, people were saying, oh, 2021 is going to be a great year. You know, all of those games that couldn't make 2020. Uh, we'll see some of those coming back. All those games that were announced ages ago. Yeah, 2020 was a write-off, but 2021, 2022, uh, 2022 even will be, will be good because, you know, the pandemic will be over by then and everyone will be back to normal and, yeah, and it just we did have quite a good influx at the start of the year. It's just now really petered off. Also, you you mentioned those Xbox games, and I hear those, and I'm like, they sound like great titles. And if they're all shown at the showcase, I think the showcase has the potential to actually be really strong. It's just that there's going to be at least a year wait to play any of them. But I yeah, think the showcase itself could it. actually be like, hey, we've got some great stuff coming up, and it's that that will be a really positive step. It's just you're going to have to wait for the rest of the year. And this might be a slightly controversial opinion, but I'm kind of happy in a way that there aren't many new games coming out this year because it means that I can finally catch up on the <laughs> backlog that is ever growing. Also, thanks to Game Pass that adds all these new games that I want to be able to play. And I might finally get to play Endwalker. Because <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV is a slog. And finally, that's the rest of my year done. I think it's interesting that if Microsoft didn't have Game Pass, would we be having this conversation about, oh no, what's Microsoft going to do now? I think, you know, if they had delayed, delayed releases, uh, I guess we'd still say they need a game to yeah. come, I wouldn't they? So, yeah, yeah it's hard to say. The, I generally uh, use my Game Pass more for smaller releases, though. Like, in general. Like, like I never really got into, like, I mean, I know Halo Infinite has been quite interesting since its launch. But I never got that hype. Like I like my Game Pass for the smaller games, so that will still be a thing, um, even without Starfield and Redfall. I keep playing it Greedful. I'm sorry, Redfall. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like I'm, I'm not really a Halo fan, so that didn't bother me. I played a bit of Forza. That was nice, but it's not my kind of game. Like for me, <laughs> the big game I wanted to play on Game Pass was Tunic, which was amazing. Same, yeah. And that it's that thing. level of game that I'm that I'm happy to pay. You know, and keep subscribing to Game Pass for. For for the price that it currently is, and if they don't raise the price, the number of indie games you get, quality indie games, I would continue paying for it yeah. just for that. 
if I'm I um, change the subject slightly, but on on the sort of the same topic, I it was interested to hear the topics from the EA boss earlier uh, this week or the end of last week. Andrew Wilson, when he was talking about um, all of their games, because they have a very quiet holiday period as well, but then they have a very stacked Q1 next year. And he was saying, we're sort of living in a world now with subscriptions and also uh, free-to-play and live service where those big games hitting November every year are less important than they used to be because people don't just you know buy one or one game for the holidays in a box, take it home. Um, they're still spending money day after day <laughs> on live services and free-to-play games. Like People will still be playing. Some people maybe will still be playing uh halo infinite hopefully um but you know forza people will still be paying and playing that next this holiday as well so when you know ea's point was that it doesn't matter that the next star wars game and the next um uh dead space remake when that comes out their q1 next year it doesn't matter as much that they're not there for christmas um and i wonder if that's something that microsoft have thought when it comes to not having starfield out on that fabled uh, 11 date. See, I think also, um, and, and I don't know if this is maybe something that's changed generally because of the sort of pandemic after effects, but a lot of the time, like I used to use my Xbox now to socialize. And so I'll be playing games with my friends, which, you know, a lot of the sort of Starfield releases aren't necessarily geared towards, whereas I've been having a lot of fun. I know you don't like this, but I've been having a lot of fun playing Gang Beasts with my friends because it's just a silly easy game to play oh, and catch up game. with friends and that's oh, it's a great game but it's very very infuriating <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like i i still don't entirely know the keys it's a button mash situation but it's a lot of fun and that's how i catch up with my friends and then i've not been able to see them as much and i'm happy to pay for game pass for that there's some great games on there and you know to be fair to playstation there's some fun games in there too it's uh I just I think Microsoft has always from day one said day one games are a big part of the service and then you take that component out you know even if it's not entire it's not what they would want to be doing but the reality the market the business decision is that you're taking that component away um it will be interesting I think to see and we were talking about this earlier what um third party games Microsoft decides to throw some money at to make up for the fact that your Starfield your Redfall isn't there um games like well we were talking about them earlier but um gotham knights maybe saints row so the game pass subscription does include that is sony going to do that potentially with any of with any third-party games it seems like not that's not what they're doing with their service but we'll see yeah it's going to be an interesting year and uh it'll be an interesting week finding out exactly what is in the PlayStation subscription when it does launch in a matter of days. Uh, hopefully we'll be in a more clued up position the next time we talk, but it seems like a good place to leave it. Thank you all again for your time. And if you've made it this far watching us, thank you. Also, um, you can find me on Twitter at Tom Phillips, EG, uh, Ed. Uh, Ed underscore Knights and N. Victoria. I am little chop shop gal. And Ishrak. You can find me ISH awesome. RXQ. Thanks everyone again, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.